Welcome to Toontown Public Works, where we charge to the ink and find the skeletons. I'm H.T. the raccoon. I'm Casey the dog. I'm Cirque the cat. The spooky dog. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, I'm also scary. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Uh you know fun fact uh when I was in uh like a film class uh I in I was known very well uh in my class for being the guy who actually had a pretty creepy normal laugh <laughs> cuz there was a time where I was like basically doing that kind of laugh as a laugh not on purpose it's just how it happened. <laughs> I have like when something is really funny for me I have like the doofiest monkey laugh. <laughs> It's oh, God. it's almost insufferable to be around. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, this is our first uh, Halloween episode. Uh, One and we're two, gonna actually. Doing... Exactly. I was just gonna get to that. <laughs> I was. <laughs> oh, we should this... mention we're doing two. Yeah, yeah, because uh, the first one is more of a traditional holiday fair where we're doing more or less what we normally do. Uh, and I'll save what we're going to do for the next episode. Uh, not the next episode, for like the end of the episode, for the next one. Uh, so, okay. Uh, but to start off, let's start off with cartoon news. Uh, spooky cartoon news. In fact, actually, I am going to go start with a spookier one. Uh, uh Speaking of uh, Halloween, uh, David S. Pumpkins is getting a holiday animated special on NBC. Oh, come on. I don't (laughs) know if that's going to work or not, but I'm interested to see where that goes. Look, okay. They got Tom Hanks back. That's that's the important part. Yeah, they got Tom Hanks back, which is the important thing. And from what it sounds like, it's going to be kind of a parody of any sort of holiday special in general because it's going to be kind of like how the uh like if you don't know what david oh S. wait wait is, is it is it a holiday special yes. yeah it's a holiday I, special. okay for some reason i was picturing like a series like oh god no. <laughs> like you series would on be saturday no. night live you know like they did no, like the they did with uh well yeah like, like what what comes to mind is like uh the uh Oh, what was it? It was Beetlejuice, the Beetlejuice cartoon that uh, that was oh. on when we were growing up. Uh, I, didn't mind. I didn't mind that. No, I didn't mind that either. But David S. Pumpkins was like a was like a three minute gimmick. So, oh well, you know, yeah. It's... Like, well, no, no, no. It's just a single short that's sort of just a parody of holiday specials. From okay, like. yeah, like, all right. I'm like, I am I am okay with that, provided it doesn't have like you know like Family Guy style adult cartoon Cute. animation <laughs> yeah as long as it's not like 
trying too hard to be like super offensive but what it sounds here's here's well, no, here's no, no. The, I, just, uh, I just mean like the like if the characters move <laughs> you oh, know yeah. like if they if yeah. they if it's animated well i'm okay with that well i would actually be okay if it's not animated well because then it'd be like a funny throw up to like weird 70s holiday specials in a way like if they use that kind of like filter to it you know Okay, but like if it's, but you get you understand what it is I'm talking about, right? Like, no, I, I understand. You just don't want something that looks trashy. I get it. There's there actually is a screenshot of it, and I actually uh, of like uh what they look like in it the. It looks cartoon. very so close to the uh, actual like live action thing. Let me yeah, Google this. Not, well, no, no, I could just send you the link. Real oh fast. yeah, do it. I do, I want to see this. Uh, I'll just send it. Here we go. Uh, but yeah, let me just read real quickly the uh, the synopsis that they gave, and it's what actually made me kind of interested in this. Uh, okay. Oh, sh- <laughs> <laughs> I lost the link. God damn it! Oh, no. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, set in a small suburban town in All Hallows Eve, the special centers on David's pumpkin, uh, David Pumpkins, and his skeleton sidekicks who show up. Show a young boy and his sister the true meaning of Halloween, answering none of their questions along the way. Which you know that, that if you okay if you haven't seen David S. Pumpkins because I actually we haven't explained that there was a uh, there was a uh, sketch on SNL about last year uh, where Tom Hanks played like basically it was about people going to a haunted house place like it was, one of those, I think like, it was supposed to be a parody of Tower of Terror. Well, no, because Tower Terror isn't like that. Uh, no, no, no. It's, I'm it's, not. I'm not saying it was an accurate replication of it. I'm saying well, ideologically no, and aesthetically, I think it was based on Tower of Terror. They get on an no, elevator with a creepy no, bellhop. No, no, no. I, I think it's more just trying to be like a haunted house type of thing. Because like it was, yeah, it was on an elevator, but it wasn't like Tower. Because Tower Terror, but it, it had the ride. it had the bellhops though. Yes, but yes, yes. You could do a spooky ho- it, it hotel was, it theme was without a, being Tower Terror. But it was it was aesthetically similar to okay. The line. Let's just let's go on from there. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. So from there, uh, basically, what it was is it was uh, like. Every floor, you're supposed to see another spooky thing, and it was like kind of like just kind of other stuff. And there's like a tourist there, that's a couple, a couple there that's just like, oh, getting okay, super frightened by all the different things. And then they get to a floor where David S. Pumpkins is, and it's just Tom Hanks in like a weird pumpkin suit and like a weird wig with two skeleton dudes. And he's like, hey, I'm David S. Pumpkins, and then like this like just. They start the skeletons start dancing for some reason, and then the couple is just extremely confused because they have no idea what the hell's actually going on. Like they were asking, like, is this a reference to something? Is this some? And it's just, oh, I think it's actually a really good meta joke on like uh, a lot of like just on like when you like go to like a place that has like a very obscure reference to like maybe like a local flair kind of thing, you know? And then you just are like you see something and you're just like completely like baffled by it and it's just this weird thing it's like not scary at all it's just it felt like the uh the skit version of a halloween themed post i I guess that's one way you could put it (laughs) um basically it's just tom hanks being weird and goofy uh while two tourists are really confused about how this is supposed to be scary or not and holiday special holiday said if it a holiday special based on that actually sounds actually kind of hilarious honestly like even if what, the, it, what i want them to do with this is they 
better not explain who David S. Pumpkins is at all. In fact, make him like like have him inside the cartoon like be leveled up as like this big important figure in this town or whatever. But the main character, little kids, have no idea who they are, who it is, and nobody explains it to him or them. You know, like never. I want that to be a thing, and I'll I will watch that. That is that sounds good. <laughs> Uh, uh, so yeah. Uh, other news that we have, uh, speaking of, uh, let's see, speaking of, you know, I don't think I'm going to have a good transition for it on there. Uh, there's an episode of a Netflix series very recently uh, that got uh, there was an episode of it that got pulled from the air. It's a show called oh, yes. Maya the Bee. Shh, shh, shh. I uh, Maya the Bee, uh, because uh, there in one of the background shots uh, there is a penis. <laughs> like someone drew a penis in the inside of a log. Nobody caught that during any sort of stage of the production. It's not even and, really that hidden. It's just, it's just there. Yeah, like, there's a good four seconds where you can see it. <laughs> but it was on Netflix for such a long time, so it took people a while to realize it. <laughs> yeah, like, that's um, the thing. <laughs> it's, maybe it's maybe, super... maybe it is super obvious, and it's just like nobody had watched it yet. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Well, yeah, but that's... I think... Cause <laughs> I have a theory about like certain shows on like Netflix and Hulu for like little kids. Uh, and there's a really good uh, episode of, uh, well, it was Rose Buddies, but now it's wonderful. But during when it was Rose Buddies, there was a little side episode that uh, Griffin and his wife, uh, Rachel did, uh, where they talked about uh, the shows that they would have the put on for their baby that would like calm them down, calm it down for a bit. So they can actually have like some stuff like that, like some, some moments of like clearness and like, they would talk about these weird shows that have, like, no plot whatsoever that are, like, the most inane garbage ever. But it makes little kids happy because there's, like, just colors on the screen and, like, happy noises and stuff. And it's I gotta think be my... terrible to work on one of those shows. Yeah, I've heard it's pretty demoralizing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like, which is, which is why I don't blame someone hiding a penis in the thing because what is because from what it sounded like from this pre- from a press release i saw not the one that i had on me but like one i saw is that uh this is apparently something that animators do all the time which actually i know for a fact that's true like there are little gags and stuff that just sort of they throw in there that are way too inappropriate they just kind of placeholder things and eventually later down the line they get removed because you know People hence are gonna the, catch uh, in and stuff like that, and there's and you're more or less some uh, Rugrats storyboards that got leaked out on the internet eventually. Yeah, kind of like that. Like, uh, basically, like, and there's like 150 animators apparently on this show, and so on like B? on my the B, yeah, like literally, Jeez. like, like there was 150 animators, so someone could easily put that in and not get in trouble, <laughs> which is basically what ha- what what's happened. <laughs> Which is basically what I have. It was the last time I checked. Uh, no one has caught who did this yet. And there's a manhunt going on within the studio trying to figure out who did this. And I don't think they're ever going to find out. <laughs> wouldn't it Wouldn't it be funny if they, like, got them all in the same room and they were, like, having, like, a... Uh like a whodunit roundtable and they were like 
We're trying to figure out which one of you is the culprit that put a penis into our TV show. And it, like the camera, the camera like pans around and it's just a bunch of like normal people. And like, then there's like one guy with like a clown nose and it keeps going. Like, <laughs> like and then and then and then the lights and then the lights go out. There's a scream, and when it goes up again, the cl- one with the clown nose wakes up and he has a penis drawn on his head. So he's not the guy who did it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the butler did it. <laughs> the butler and then the lights the go out, and then the scream, and then the butler then has a penis on his forehead. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that was just a very quick and easy one. I just, I it just amused me that this got, happened. <laughs> what, what is it with bees and like anime bees and sex jokes? Well, you know, at least with mine, the bee, it wasn't intentionally sexual and stuff like that. Like at least not like overtly so, and not just uh, a bee fucking a human like in bee movie. <laughs> but but functionally, uh, bees play an important role in uh in flower reproduction which is kind of their purpose in our existence <laughs> so bees oh. are a very sexual creature to us uh, right yeah. or asexual <laughs> well i mean like i guess this is, but this then, is it's a bit of a stretch but it's kind of a stretch yeah i i'd say that uh mantises are a bit more in the uh, range of sexual bugs, uh, they're 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 violently sexual. Yeah, they like literally violently sexual. <laughs> I, I want I want to talk about I want to talk about anything else. Okay, I can't Let's stop talking about vine sauce now. Just before we get off the topic, yeah. Hashtag B sucks. Oh yeah. Oh, I don't <laughs> know vine sauce. Bees. <laughs> it's hip to f- bees. <laughs> Okay. Uh, speak of anything else, a uh, Peter Rabbit movie. Oh, can we uh, speak about anything more than that? So, well, <laughs> none, there's all right. So there's there is good to be said about this. Yeah, the, the trailer like, uh, okay, does yes. not look great. But look, my my initial response to it was like, yeah, yeah it could be okay. It is, but it's a it is a visual spectacle. Like if you watch the trailer, it looks amazing. Like the the yeah. just in terms of like pure uh, technical achievement, I'm sure it's fantastic. Uh, what's not good is the jokes, <laughs> like the well, the humor or the script. Is it is it that bad though? No, it's not awful. It's just not. It's like it's look, just here's kind the thing. Of, here's the thing. I can't say that it's terrible because I've seen the Emoji movie, and at the very least, this trailer for Peter Rabbit made me laugh more than the Emoji movie did. Okay, but like, so hey, she, I gotta be <laughs> honest, that might you might have just gotten some like mental issues after Emoji movie broke you so hard. So the, the, the lackluster, the lackluster so- humor is just working in contrast with the really good animation, and it is. To be fair, too soon to say because the Fantastic Mr. Fox had an awful trailer. Um, yeah, yeah and, but that's uh, Anderson. You know he does good stuff. Well, yeah, and that's you're not wrong, but I I don't know enough about the uh, about the people working on the Peter Rabbit film to say I know about whether James or not there's an uh, James Harden oh. has sins to answer for. Okay, what, yeah. what have they what have they done? 
Uh, I just I don't it's, like them. They're annoying. Is it is it relevant to the show? Because <laughs> I don't want to start getting into like celebrity gossip. <laughs> no, no, it's it's not. Is just it celebrity? Like said, if, is it celebrity gossip if we didn't know the person's name? Well, let's see. Yeah. But, no, but no, if you're, you're asking we don't, we don't, why we don't have to you're asking why Cirque doesn't it's... like him, and I'm just assuming it's poli- like for like he's a jerk for some reason. Or no, whatever. no, I, like... I just find him annoying. That's all. Okay, that's fine. So if, I don't know anything about this dude, and I don't care. Yeah, like that's that's all I that's all I meant to say though is that I think that an early trailer is a poor indication of how good a movie's going to be. So you know, yeah, we'll, no. we'll, we'll uh, but speaking of Wes Anderson, Isle of Dogs, Isle of Dogs, the sequel to I, Hotel for Dogs. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, so Isle of Dogs is basically the next stop motion Wes Anderson talking animal movie because there's more than one of those now, which just makes me happy. Because um, uh, Phantasm Mr. Fox was my favorite film of all time until Zootopia came around. Because uh, Zootopia, even then, I would say that they're about the same for different reasons on my like Lycometer, you know? Uh, like on there. You wrote a bad song, Petey. (laughs) You wrote a bad song, Petey. That's such a good line. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. But, like, like, but on one hand, with Isle Dogs, it looks same great animation style, has some of my favorite actors in it. Brian Cranston plays a fucking talking dog. That is amazing. Okay, you know, you know, I, I did actually look up the cast for this movie, and you know which one has me the most curious is Yoko Ono. Yeah, that one's definitely weird. Well, I wonder weird, that's, it's, it's appropriate because it takes place in Japan. Yeah, There's a lot and of it's Japanese also Japanese actors compared to like the usual Hollywood casting on this, right? Yeah, it's it's a lot of a uh, it's a lot of the Wes Anderson regulars, and uh, but there's but there's also a lot of Japanese actors too. Yeah, which is cool. Which well, yeah, which is not only cool but uh, but desperately needed, <laughs> and more than I could say for Kubo, and at least at least one. Uh, at least one Japanese writing credit as well for the screenplay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Really? Okay, then then there's two strikes against Kubo. Come at me, folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I love Kubo, but I mean, I think it's okay. I actually kind of had a little bit of a fight on this on Twitter, and I actually got pe- some people kind of a little upset. But I think Kubo is only okay because it's gorgeous. But I think the story is con- like very. It's very plain and like not like super like i heard it was i heard it was kind of hackneyed yeah it's a it's kind of a hackneyed plot it's basically another artists are like the most magical things in the world kind of thing and storytelling is the most magical things in the world and it's like as someone who likes storytelling and act like acting and all sorts of stuff uh that is so pandering to the point where it just makes me gag (laughs) <laughs> i haven't seen it was it the same it was the same people who did paranorman right like yeah it was the same yeah, like par- paranorman is awesome that movie paranorman is great is, paranorman by and large is the best movie like yeah like yeah as ever like a like a named after the dog yeah i know let's not I'm talk any, let's names. not talk anymore about that dog <laughs> yeah uh but it's such a uh it's such an uh uh like, but like, I think Kubo. I think it's good. And if someone said, "Hey, let's watch Kubo," I probably watch it. But I don't know. I feel like the plot is of. And I'm sorry, folks. It does bother me that there is one Japanese actor really in that movie, and it is 
uh, George Takei, and he plays a very minor character that gets like four lines, and there's no West, uh, no Japanese director, and no Japanese writers attached at all. It is like, oh god. But you should watch the trailer for Isle of Dogs because it looks pretty spectacular. I, I will say that I am glad that here that there is a Japanese writing credit because I was a bit scared there because because there was a couple moments in that trailer that looked like they were going kind of hardcore on some Japanese stereotypes that I wasn't super proud of, happy with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, hearing that there is a Japanese, uh, I, I I think it will probably be okay. Hopefully, hopefully, and I I like that the only people who have. Uh, like the typical Wes Anderson character roles are the dogs because the Japanese people speak Japanese and they also have, and that's part of the plot yeah, is that from, like the dogs don't, yeah. From uh, what I've seen, you know. the dogs are played by white actors. Yeah, yeah. which is which, fine. Which is okay. I I'm, mean, I'm more, could, I am more okay with that than white people playing the, uh, the uh, Japanese human beings. Exactly. Um, exactly. That's, yeah. that's my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, Isle of Dogs looks good, and I am excited to see what's going to happen with that. Uh, and is there anything else I wanted to talk about? Well, actually, before we get started on the actual spookiness, uh, I did really real quickly like, want to uh, give a thanks to History Honeys, uh, because uh, if you haven't listened to them, uh, History Honeys is a histor- history podcast uh, with Grant and Elena, uh, they are a husband and wife. Uh, and Grant, in particular, is one of my favorite internet personalities. Uh, he usually goes by General Ironicus. Um, and it's a podcast, basically, they just trade off on different subjects. Like, everything from, uh, everything from, like, stuff like, uh, socialist, uh, riots. Like, basically, like, you know, protests that, like, ended up getting bad against the socialist kind of two uh important uh places in Chicago to Disney Park history to uh like basically a lot of different really cool subjects. They had a whole one episode about piracy, like a broad piracy thing. Um and I think it's really oh they also do biographies of like people like uh Sam uh Stan Lee and Jim Henson. My favorite episode is probably the one about the the dogs in uh, Russian for Russian space flights. They actually did a whole episode about all the Russian space flight dogs. And that episode actually made me cry super duper hard. <laughs> yeah, Man, this is a, this is the most we've talked about dogs that have gone into space <laughs> in, in probably five minutes than I think I have in history. Yeah, uh, from, but from Leica sounds- to this, uh, I think it's I think it's totally wonderful to listen to, and I'm saying that because. Uh, in part because uh, History Honeys uh, gave us a shout out on uh, their show. Uh, they do like listener segments uh, where ba- basically people write into prompts that they give out, kind of like what we do. And uh, I wrote in and I uh, answered some prompts and I asked them if they could plug us, and they totally did. And that's fantastic. Uh, if you're uh, someone listening to us for the first time because of that, uh, thank you. And I hope we can uh, keep you around because uh, we love doing it. Like, if you like history, honeys, we're not as like knowledgeable in the history of like. No, we're a bunch of, of dumbos. Subjects. We're dumbos, but we're also very earnest dumbos that do me, know I'm a lot stars. about. Like, <laughs> well, other than Cirque, <laughs> who's apparently the smartest, uh, we're, we're kind of dumbos, uh, but we are generally knowledgeable about this subject of cartoons which we are really huge big fans of uh, and we really appreciate you like giving us a chance and checking in 
Yeah, seriously, thank you. Thank you very much. So uh, we are going to get started on the actual thing today. Now we're going to have a little bit of a different format today because we want to make sure everything... Is haunted. Yeah, we want to make sure that everything is spooky. So we're going to start off with something really spooky. A terrible cartoon from the 70s. Uh, what cartoon as... is this, though, HD? <sighs> Freddy Cat. Oh. Oh, boy! Uh, so let's just do a quick little run I wonder what like... annoying personality we get to meet today. All right, Alex, spin the spooky wheel or do the spooky drum roll. I don't know, whichever put, one. Put in some do. Scooby-Doo sound effects here. Yeah, just the Scooby-Doo running <laughs> sound effects. <laughs> think, yeah, think of, think, of the, think of the spookiest thing that you can and, well, spooky- and overlay it on top of the Scooby-Doo uh, running noise. <laughs> yeah. And, and then we will have our spooky wheel sound. Jesus Christ, that was spooky. Oh my god, I had a heart attack. I'm oh. dead. I'm dead. I'm I unzipped my my skin and my skeleton jumped out and the eyeballs <gasps> went woogity woogity and went back in and the skeleton went back in my body. That was how scared I was. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> We're not funny at all. All right, so let's go ahead and watch a cartoon. Okay. All right, we'll be back. Every kitty has nine lives, but eight of mine went fast. Now there's only one life left, and I want to make it last. The Not So Nice Mice. That was the name of the episode. When we got into it, just yeah, wanted to get it down right away. <laughs> yeah, so not so nice mice. Okay. So uh, I think I think we've been looking at the show wrong. I think the point of the show is that like it's a character arc where we we as the audience want Freddy Cat to die. That is the goal that we're working towards here. <laughs> I think that's the end game of Freddy Cat because that's basically what's dies. happening. Oh, uh, for for anyone who hasn't listened to the last episode where we watched a Freddy Cat cartoon, uh, just a very brief synopsis. This is about a cat who every time says a number between one and eight uh, gets haunted by uh, the ghost of a cat from one of its previous lives. Uh, and it's on his nine live. It's, he is on his ninth live and he doesn't want to die. Um, so it is a very weird... Cloud Atlasy type situation going on with this cat. Well, it just it's um, so it's so weird because like the numbers one through eight, the ghosts of those cats are like there's like a prehistoric one, there's like a, a western one, there's like uh, a World War Two pilot one, and like it's just like okay, so this cat's like thousands of years old. <laughs> That's basically what this show is trying to say. Well, like millions of years old if like, if we're like, if he has a freaking dinosaur as a pet. The one, the first one has a dinosaur for a pet. Maybe they just count reincarnations or something. I, I guess, but like, it's, I just, I just like the idea better that, like, it's just the cat that's, like, lived for millions of years and he's so scared of finally dying. <laughs> well, to be honest, one of them is a wizard, right? Yeah, one is literally a wizard. He he knows magic spells and stuff like that. Maybe there's yeah, some Fra- more. Freddy cat. Freddy uh, Freddy cat is uh is Freddy crap. 
Freddy Freddy yeah, Crap is a is a character in a Sisyphean hellscape. <laughs> uh, <laughs> who who has to who has to spend uh the rest of uh of his variable life uh trying to not die. And it is that that is basically the concept of all the humor in these cartoons, and they are awful. Well okay. real bad. Here, here's the thing. There is no reason why this premise has to be bad. Yeah. I think it's actually kind of clever in a way, you know? They made it a little bit more clear, and if they had, like, writers, they would actually have a cartoon that's actually okay. I mean, uh, this is kind of basically like Ben 10, but just not good. Okay, so I, I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> that is a yeah. weird comparison. <laughs> so well, you compare okay, Freddy to Ben 10, Let me explain. He has this base form, and then he brings out a bunch of different things for different situations. <laughs> it's just, it's not good here. Ben Ben 10 is the spiritual successor to Freddy Cat. <laughs> I guess, I guess that's, that's, circ- that's what Cirque's trying to say. TM... 2017 Cirque the Cat. I'll own um, that. I'll own that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you, you, I don't think you can trademark uh, a... Uh, Fan theories. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, geez, it's this well, is a hard one to talk about. So well, it's like... Well, uh, I actually have a lot to say, because, like... Okay, then, why don't you take the reins? All right. I just want to say real fast first, though, like, out of... Between the two Freddy Cat cartoons we've seen so far, and like the one, uh, Wooly, what is it called? Like the Wooly and the Packy and Packy, Wacky Packy, yeah, Wacky Packy. Yeah. Between that, the previous Freddy Cat, and this one, this one's my favorite one because they were actual jokes. <laughs> like they were actual jokes here. Uh, um, kind of. There were there were some jokes that. You know, we'll look, we'll talk look, about it in sequence. <laughs> well, like here's the thing. I'm I'm just trying to say, like, because like compared to like the previous ones, where there were basically no jokes, like the maximum amount of humor is weird reference humor jokes, and then like with that one Freddy cat we saw is that uh, fat birds want to hug you. I guess I don't know. Just constantly like the sexual assault of a cat that's the joke <laughs> fat birds want to hug you is a very pleasant sentence though yeah i know that's a pleasant <laughs> sentence well, really it was more of a sexual assault kind of thing but. <laughs> or maybe like a very surreal sentence <laughs> yeah. like a, like a I, weird, like a weird dream. A have you seen those fat chocobo in uh like final fantasy 14 they're they are adorable i would yeah they are those um but anyways uh i just um like <sighs> there's and there's actually some decent art design in this i actually like the design of the mobster mice because basically this is a cartoon that i I like because there's not much plot at all basically what it is is that freddy cat is running away from something that's trying to kill him he escapes them but then runs into a mice mafia because he's in mouse town and uh he meets like there's a bunch of mobsters and thankfully none of them are like gross italian stereotypes um okay but no, I'm, well we'll get I, to, I know, we'll get to I, what's coming we'll get to that we'll get to that um <laughs> so but like none of them are gross and they're just generic mobster people and you know what i can handle that and basically the premises of cartoon is that uh, at first they were trying to mug freddy cat or at least like tell him like 
uh, we'll give you a call. Well, like, there's one joke that actually landed for me. And the one joke that actually 100% landed for me was that uh, the mobster mice are like, yeah, give us your phone number so then uh, we'll give you a call whenever we need you for a favor. Uh, basically, to like as an exchange of letting him go. And Freddy Cat's like, I I don't have a phone. I'm a cat. Cat don't cats don't have phones. And then a phone rings, and he reaches into his uh, he like, reaches into his hammer space ass and pulls out a phone. And he's like, not now. Like, and that was like the one joke that actually worked. <laughs> that was like the one like, joke. So like, here, here's the thing though. Is like, the, since the concept is every time the cat says a number from one to eight, uh, it uh, it summons one of his previous lives. Uh, the, the what you can tell as you're watching it is that the writers were like, okay, what are some excuses we can come up for for this character to say numbers? <laughs> and, and like, I mean, and I totally like out of all of the ridiculous ways the show has so far gone out its way to get the cat to say a number i think the idea of mobsters threatening to hurt him if they don't give him his phone number is actually one of the most legitimate things that they have done so far except is that something is that something that you've ever seen in a mobster movie ever where he's like just give us your phone number like i agree that it might happen like the whole uh, the whole point is that they're trying to make it so like they'll call him later so they have to like maybe put a hit like he has to take out someone or something like that like so what I'm, what I'm saying thing. is that they're what I'm saying is that they're writing backwards. They're starting with the idea of uh, what if we get him to read a phone number, and then they're like, "All right, that's where we're going to start. Let's make a reason for him to say one." Well, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, I'm not here. I'm not arguing that's that. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying I'm not arguing that. I would I'm like to saying, argue something. I would like to argue uh, that we take points off that because they can't even stick to their terrible gimmick. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get Because here's the thing. Uh, Freddie actually for so, actually explains the situation like outright to these mobster mice that he can't say a number or else like ghosts of his previous selves will show up. And like anyone who would, would like be like, if, here's the thing. If you, anyone told you that, you would do anything to get them to say that number. No, I would. I would insist they were lying. (laughs) Well, yeah, of course, because that's that's ludicrous. Well, I know it's ludicrous, but like I would say they're lying, and I want them to prove it by making them say that. And if they can't prove it, I'll call them a liar. And if I was a mobster, I would kill him. Okay, so there you go. And and I know that's writing backwards. Still, I'm still saying that out of all the things that I've seen for this premise so far, this actually kind of works. But, but. But it doesn't change the fact that this show, after all that, even when it actually has an okay-ish excuse for having this gimmick, it still feels incredibly contrived and not funny. (laughs) Extremely (laughs) forced. So, like, I I guess I feel like if you were to hand this concept to Hanna-Barbera and say, you get 30 minutes to tell this story, then they might be able to do something better with it. Uh, maybe um, well Halo Bear is also kind of stretching it for that I, I'd say it's more like you give it to I don't know people someone at CM during like the 90s you know like uh, I don't know people who do Ed and Eddie or yeah, something well, like that you know or maybe even Nicktoon right like something like sure. if this was a, no, I get an, what you're o, an oh yeah cartoon an oh yeah cartoon that was uh, this short 
by someone who was actually somewhat competent, that would be probably okay. This, no, not with these people, because these people just do not give a crap at all. And well, let's let's go ahead and let's go ahead and burn through the rest of it. Well, uh, uh, we're going a little long. I'm not gonna go forever on this. I just want to highlight a couple more things because I think going through the plot of this is pointless because I basically covered, which is most of the plot is just the mice trying to get the cat the same numbers to prove things and show off because at first they don't believe them, but after they see that they're like, "What more can you do?" And uh, they try to get him to say more numbers. We and... do find something out in this, though, that if he says nine, then he summons the specter of death to come and take him. Yeah, basically. He can't say the number nine, or else a number nine will come out and try to kill him. And, like, op- like at first we thought he was opening a portal to hell for a second there, but it looks like it just, like, hit it, and then, like, a huge pit appeared. He's gonna get grabbed nine, Sam Raimi style. Number nine. Number nine. <laughs> number nine. Anyways, well, okay. Here's the thing. Uh, so there, there's there's some occasion, but okay. So there's number one who's a caveman who gets scared because there's mice. Um, and then number there eight was, is a jazz singer. Well, no, no, shoot. We're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to Sorry. that. I'm trying to go in order. I'm trying to get in order because I have a lot to say about eight. Um, but then, uh, isn't it number seven? Or so, no, number no, seven was a number seven, seven was a pilot. Number seven is a pilot. But what was number? What was the pirate? The pirate was number three. Oh that yeah, was number, three. number three. Yeah, the pirate was number three. Uh, the pirate steals a wallet because he's a pirate, and then he disappears, and then the wallet is in the hands of Freddy Cat. And yep, that classic thing pirates are known for: stealing <laughs> <Look>. wallets. <laughs> Yeah, clearly. They <laughs> invaded enemy ships to steal hey, their hey. wallets. Give me your wallet, they'd say. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> At the very least, they did not make number eight steal the wallet. <laughs> oh, well, that would be grim. <laughs> because be number else. eight uh, is a terrible black stereotype of a jazz musician uh, who just like it is the most white guy trying to sound like a cool jazz black person? Well, I mean, and so this I, is I this is the first was... time in, in eleven he... episodes of, of this podcast. podcast. This is the first time we've run into something where afterwards we were like, "Yes, we definitely feel highly qualified to say this is extremely racist." <laughs> It is super <laughs> freaking racist. Well, I mean, like there were, there were I'd, things like to, that were... I'd like to what? argue that he wasn't like he wasn't coded as black. Oh no, no, uh, he was one hundred percent coded as black. Oh, the, really? The yeah, I like really, the, I, I really think he was the gruff, like deep voice. He, the fact that he's a jazz singer and dressed in like a zoot suit kind of thing. That's oh, like shoot, that's right. He did have like a satchmo voice going. Dang. Yeah, he had. Yeah, exactly. Okay, never mind. Take that back. Take that bad. back. Take that back. That yeah. was a hundred percent racist right so, there. Okay. It, it, it yeah, was, I'm on it was board. A highly, I'm on board now. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was a highly insensitive stereotype. Oh god! It um, was. I was like, oh my god! I was just. You guys heard me. I was just going, oh my god, <laughs> throughout the time that yeah. was going on. Like, ugh. Uh, yeah. So, like, I'm, I don't really have much else to say other than the fact that the way he gets away is that, uh. He uh, the number seven airplane pilot accidentally picks him up because because he sons him uh, because uh, 
the cat goes, oh, thank heaven. And then the number seven guy comes in. And he's like, did someone say seven? And yeah, it's that's like, just, no! That's no! Just, no one said come it. On. Like, come the, on. The universe isn't even playing by its own rules. It's not. <laughs> so. It's literally not. Like, it, it's not even, like, if this was, like, the hundredth episode, maybe that could have worked as a joke. But this is, like, there are only, like, eights of these motherfuckers. You cannot do that. You cannot. <laughs> Ugh. God, no, it's really bad. It's I'm, a bad. What, uh, what is it called? Un- Uncle Uncle Crocs block. <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> Uncle Crocs block. It's just that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Uncle Uncle Crocs block so far has not been very kind to us. And like as, uh, and I'll 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 say this again. Um, after re- after finishing the Eric Andre show recently, like actually watching every single episode, uh. And then watching uh, Uncle Croc Block like clips on YouTube, it is one hundred percent the exact same thing, basically. <laughs> Except I don't. The Croc Block is not trying to be that weird and like. Which almost cheap. it probably makes it better. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it kinda, in a way, it kind of is. Like they even yeah. have a director that they cut to to like get reaction shots from. <laughs> yeah. Just skip the That's cartoons and watch those. Is what he's saying, basically. Basically. Oh god. Anyways, so, we're everything watch a from cartoon. that show is poison. Basically. Yeah, yeah. It was breathing you know, a witch's cauldron. Halloween, everyone. Hey, Halloween. Halloween. Alright. So let's go ahead and go back to uh well, we're not necessarily gonna well yeah, we'll need the list to find a Yeah, we're gonna watch spook- a Casper cartoon, right? Spooky Casper cartoon. Ooh. So Alex, bring out the spooky drum roll. Are we going to make Alex do a different drum roll every time? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to make his life hell. That's basically what we're going to do. I'm sorry, Alex. This is this is pretty spooky for you. You don't have to do that, Alex. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So the Casper cartoon we're going to watch is. There's good booze tonight. I actually like the name of that one because it. There's good booze tonight. <laughs> I got a joke here, oh, but I'm not booze. gonna say it. Okay, it's too all right. Easy. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. All right. You guys know what my favorite classic Halloween spook is? Thinking yes. about the finite nature of our <laughs> miserable existence. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween oh is the season of being bummed out. This, so we were we were all really scared about halfway through this cartoon because we had all seen it and we all knew what happens. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh. God. I first um, saw this when I was a little kid, and yeah, I got really <laughs> bummed out when I saw it. Like when I was little, and yeah, God, we'll we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll get into it. Well, this is the Casper cartoon. Like I think it's probably the most memorable Casper cartoon. Period. Probably, like, uh, ar- arguably at the very least. Like it's if you don't count like the movie, which I don't count. <laughs> you don't count the movie. What? Like, as in, like, the most memorable Casper cartoon. Oh, okay, cartoon. okay. All right. No, I get that. Like, 
this is probably the most memorable Casper car- like cartoon. And uh, it's the one with the fox. And if you've seen it, you'll know exactly where this is going. Um, but basically, like, as we were saying, like, it, like it, about halfway, we realized what it was. Because at first, it is its own separate short. Yeah, it kind of it starts similarly to how the last Casper cartoon we watched starts. Where, All right, so it... It begins by kind of panning towards the graveyard where Casper and his ghost compatriots live. Uh, with, a, and, with a Vincent Price knockoff. Yeah, like doing like, doing yeah. a narration. And uh, and you see Casper, <laughs> who literally has a book called Animal Friends, and it's just... <laughs> it's, it's, just <laughs> it's like a brick. The foreshadowing, if it was a brick, basically. It's like, it's like, imagine a dictionary, and it just has pictures of people with animal friends. And, and like, they're all happy. <laughs> It's like a book you would find at fucking like Urban Outfitters. It's uh, it's a book. <laughs> it, Animal Friends is just what my Twitter feed is called. <laughs> yeah, Animal Friends. Animal Friends is is a book that I would cherish more than any other book I own. Um, <laughs> so he's he's kind of sighing longingly and looking at pictures of Animal Friends because that's what he wants. Uh, just like me. All well, I want sick. is animal friends. All cast. Well, I have animal, animal friends. friends. They, they 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 do the podcast with me. Yes, that's right. Yes. I do have animal. I do have animal pals, uh, and uh, the rest of the ghosts go off to scare people. That's their job. In a lot of fiction, ghosts exist because they have unfinished work. In the case of all of these ghosts, their unfinished work is that they meant to scare many people while they were alive and (laughs) failed to do so, I guess. Here's the thing, though. Like, at this graveyard, every single grave has a ghost in it. So either in this this universe, uh, like, there are, like, basically, like, like... Like, basically, in this universe, there's either no heaven at all, so people are just, like, becoming ghosts. That's the afterlife. It's just being Except a ghost who's addicted we dis- to people. We discussed this last time, remember? <laughs> well, ghosts are the oh, well, product yeah, I know, of ghost I know, <laughs> Ghost <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> ghost fucking. God. <laughs> I'm not going to crack up again. That, that was... Uh, yes, we we've gone down that trail. If you want to, if you want to hear the rest of that story, then you're going to have to listen to episode two. I think. I think that's um, the one that has it. Yeah. Uh, uh, so <laughs> afterlife begins at conception, which was Casey's yeah, afterlife joke. begins at conception was the name of the episode. Um, that that is Casey's joke. Yeah, <laughs> so if you're was... angry about that joke, get mad at him. Okay. Um, <laughs> Except you guys are. Uh, never mind. So no, no, the, no. I love the joke. It's what? fantastic. I'm saying if other people don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> So the the uh oh let's see I'm trying to remember so they all leave and Casper goes seeking animal friends uh and he finds a baby cow. Has, well basically like ghosts are trying to get him to come along but he doesn't want to do that so he finds a baby cow. No, yeah. he uh cuz Casper Casper lives uh in a universe where um like empathy is uh, a, kind a of, rare commodity. Yeah, it, it's it's stigmatized. Um, yeah. So everyone goes off to scare folks, and Casper just wants animal friends. So he goes and he finds a baby cow, 
And uh, he scares the baby cow away, and then... By accident. Yeah, by if accident. If I just ask him a question, if I just saying, like, ask, Hi, I'm Casper. And it's, a, it's just a, afraid of seeing, I guess, an ethereal being, and it runs back into the barn, and then his mother the comes. the first time ever, that calf knew what death is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. Like it just—it it always weirds me out how these shorts like seem to assume that animals understand the concept of human mortality, <laughs> you know, and spirituality. And well, they're stuff. cartoon animals. Well, I know, I know, I know. I mean, I'm a cartoon animal, and I know that, but I mean, still. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so the the cow's mother looks at it. Oh, the cow jumps over the moon. I get it. Okay. <laughs> uh, the cat and that calf was abandoned by its mother. Basically, yeah, the, the calf was abandoned by its mother. So the the it scares the cow, uh, and the cow jumps over the moon. Um, which I I, I just realized is a visual pun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, okay. You just, so that wasn't you being sarcastic. That was you actually just getting the joke. Yeah, that was me. That was me <laughs> just understanding it. <laughs> Oh my god, Casey. Like this between this and like the spinach the spinach Tyler Durnham's Popeye cartoons. Like uh, you just you always amaze me by the fountain of uh humor that you give me every of, time of we talk. Just how how dumb I am. <laughs> <laughs> Remember oh. when I said I liked Lady in the Tramp too? Anyway, <laughs> uh <laughs> so so uh the next thing it finds is uh, the a skunk that looks a lot like the skunk from the Hungry Lion cartoon that we watched. It's just a generic um, cartoon yeah. skunk. A gen- yeah, uh, an ordinary cartoon skunk. And adorable though. Yeah, a yes. very a very cute skunk. We all liked the skunk. Um, and when he scares the skunk away, he's left in a cloud of stench, and he has to wipe. The he has to wipe the skunk musk off of uh, off of his uh, uh, ghostly ethereal body, yeah. which you already established is really weird. Because on one hand it's corporeal, but on the other hand it's still like like it's like flesh, but like also like it, he's able to like do stuff like uh, ring himself through a washer, you know, like one of those washer ringers. Uh, like, yeah, I don't know. And I uh, mean, like, like, and also have like bullet shells like go through him easily, like without like any sort of like even phasing Casper at all. Yeah, they play fast and loose with what should and what shouldn't affect them. Basically, um. So, well, okay. So we talk about all this, and then it gets the meat of the cartoon, which is that, and it. Casper starts crying on a log because no one will love him, and he has no friends. And then a fox comes out of the log, and then feels really sad for him, and then basically comes up and he starts nuzzling on Casper, and they become friends. Basically, this fox becomes a dog, is the thing. Like, I think there's a version of this cartoon where it was, like, a dog in this. Like, it was, like, just a dog. They became Casper's friend. Because that's, that's the one that makes more sense. Wait, well, no, are you but, saying that there's another cartoon like this with the same plot? Well, that's what I'm trying to get at. Is Jesus that, like, Christ. Well, no, 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 no. I'm saying that that doesn't exist. I'm saying okay. that it feels right. like... It feels like that originally this was like a dog, but they're trying to find a way to do the dog 
going away at the end. Yeah, maybe. It end up well, no, because he's he's clearly chased by a fox hunter. But like, well, I know, but like I'm saying that they they couldn't figure out a way to do that with a dog that made sense or well, was I not guess, horrific. I guess my my thinking is that my thinking is that dogs are the most uh they're the animal that inspires the most sympathy from people when they yeah. watch cartoons. Um Yeah. Uh, especially I mean, I, when it ends the way that this one does. Uh, well, it's it's not like freaking like tangled where the horse acts like a dog, basically. Or not how like to that, train that. your dragon, where the dragon is simultaneously a cat and a dog. Well, that one um, works. I could I could see yeah, that no, being I, its it own speci- species kind of thing. You know that one that one's fine. And I it's also, I, in fact, yeah, I think could, I think the tangled one is fine too. Anyway, I mean, sure. It's not bad. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying yeah. it's like it's it, it could be distracting if you're someone who actually knows stuff about animal behavior. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's this cartoon. I Cows don't jump over the moon. <laughs> OK. OK, um, Mr. OK, Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> God. Yep. The famous Neil deGrasse Tyson quote cows don't jump over the moon that sounds like something he would tweet at some point it has been thought for many years that cows jump over the moon but i i can't do a neil degrasse tyson but like so the the fox it is uh they're playing fetch fox is chased by it chased the the fox is one second though i just want to say real fast yeah go for it uh my uh, my sister texted me before uh, we started recording, like literally right before recording, and she just out of nowhere, like I, ha- I haven't gotten a text for her in like uh, like a f- about a month now, and the text that she gets back to me with like okay, it was just like we should talk about normal stuff for a while, and then just right now she goes, I swear you have a lot of the same mannerisms as Neil deGrasse Tyson, <laughs> and I'm just like, w- uh, cool, thanks. <laughs> Thanks there, That's sister. Funny. Just out of nowhere. Just okay, sure. <laughs> okay. Anyways, go on, go on, go on. Uh, so the fox is chased by fox hunters. Casper tries to stop them from killing the his one and only friend, uh, who is named uh, Ferdy. But I thought Ferdy. he said yeah. Fergie. <laughs> Ferdy. No, yeah, Ferdy. My fox. My fox. My fox. My fox. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, and, no, uh, no, no, don't fox with my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a distressing number of Black Eyed Peas songs. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, back from the valley of low hanging fruit, uh, they, uh, they kill the fox by shooting it with a shotgun and it dies in a bush. Well, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, you don't know that right away. Cause like always like, Basically, Casper gets in front of uh, the gunfire, and like, okay, here's the thing: the gu- he gets in front of it to stop it, and like, Casper gets like shot in the gut like eight or nine times before the hunter realizes that a like it's a ghost and stuff like that. So I don't know. He sees a small humanoid figure, and he just decides to like try to gut it with buckshot. To be fair, ghosts are the most dangerous game, so... But but he didn't know it was a ghost yet! Like, it was just a person in the front of the fox, and he's willing to kill a human child to get this fox, I guess. 
And then it wasn't it isn't until he realized that, oh, wait, after nine shots in the gut, it's not actually a person or it's, it's not like a living thing. It's a ghost. And then he gets scared and r- gets, runs away and stuff with his dogs. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the fox becomes a ghost. So that's well, that's how it well, is. Well, you, okay, you're, you're jumping kinda, over kinda, a lot here. Well, I'm I'm jumping over things because we're going on really long. So <laughs> okay, but this I think this 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 is a short that actually kind of negates talking is the thing. It's like that's the unfortunate thing, and I know you have time limits here, Casey. But um, I think this is uh, like this with this uh, short. Like this is something I remembered vividly as a kid, and I like. When I first saw this cartoon, I cried my eyes out because you know the the fox gets killed and Casper holds like holds up his lip body in front of the camera and is sobbing about his one friend that he ever had dying. They linger <laughs> Just, on it for a long while, and then you and... go to his he. Casper buries him. He makes a grave, makes a headstone for him, and it's just like the saddest thing. And he's crying his eyes out. And then slowly the fox comes out of the, the grave and then comes up to uh, Casper while he's crying. And then, oh my god, it's Ferdy, yay! And like, it's a happy ending, but, but I was not crying. Really but, that what? happy of an ending because it's, the... it's a bittersweet ending. Yeah, that's well, that's the thing that makes it sick so much. Like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I would argue it is a happy ending because, you know, at least it's established in this universe that the afterlife happens. And I guess if you're just a ghost, fine. And so, hey, they're back together again. Okay, fine. Uh, but my one complaint is that there is, as far as I know, zero Casper cartoons after this that has Ferdy in it. None. Like, he just disappears. I don't know, like okay, but there's, like, there's I know, no, I'm not expecting some... them to have continuity in the 1947 when a lot of these shorts were made. But even in like modern Casper stuff, I never see anything that's even close to it. And like the, the previous Casper short we watched, which was the one that was about the duck, had basically the exact same plot, though it was out by not by not killing the depressing. duck. But they yeah. they just they change the entire establishment of the cartoon every single time, so it's not. Well, I mean, we and we cover that, but like, whatever. Like, I, well, I just don't. Uh, uh, well, my argument is this: it's just like this is probably, like I was saying, probably the most uh, well-known Casper short, and I never see anyone like no like Casper thing to actually reference. And I don't know if it's because they're scared that it's too sad. Like, dude, watch a Disney movie. I don't. Kids can handle that, sad. Though. I think it's. I think it's just that they redo it every time, and that's just how it is. Like, but there. Why can't there be? I guess there can be, obviously, but there isn't. So. Well, I know, but that's what I'm saying is that it makes me mad that there isn't there because I actually really liked Ferdy. I liked like how it was. It'd be cute if he had like an animal sidekick now and then, you know. And then yeah. they keep on resetting it by giving him a different animal sidekick to take care of instead of just saying, "Hey, he's got Ferdy." Have his own kind of thing. Like that's fine, you know. Yeah, I mean, you if, you're, if you're if you're preference, if you argue if you're arguing that it's not a great formula, I agree. Yeah. Yep. I'm just I'm just saying like justice for justice for Ferdy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, just uh, in the nature of uh, continuing, 
Yes, and let me just continue. Let's, let's, we're not actually going to go to the list this time, because this is actually a cartoon that's not on the list. Yeah, we're going uh, to watch uh, Swing You Sinners, which is, uh, this is one that I'm guessing some of the people who are listening to this one may have seen, because it was in a, uh, it was in a Cracked article once, I think, like a long, long time ago, of, uh, of old cartoons that they thought were legitimately scary. Uh and this is just one that I really enjoy. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited that we're going to watch it. It's an old rubber hose cartoon, and I believe it's a Flesher Brothers cartoon. Yeah, I have not like heard a, anything about this, so I'm very interested to see what it is. Like yeah. a lot of Flesher Brothers cartoons, it's super easy to find these on YouTube. So, um, yeah, we'll be back after we've seen Swing You Sinners. Man, I'm really excited for Cuphead. This switch yeah. looks great. <laughs> I really love this cartoon. Um, I can see why. Yeah, so this it's is uh, it's one that I, I so just just um, I I have seen this, but it's been a long time, so it was a bit fresh for me. Uh, and uh, it's uh, it's just a really well animated cartoon with some very surreal horror imagery. Like some very Halloweeny but surreal horror imagery. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, uh, and it's about uh, it's about a character named Bimbo, I think. Who? Yeah, Bimbo. Bimbo eventually goes on to be Betty Boop's boyfriend. Oh, really? Yeah, like oh. like uh, in <laughs> Minnie the Moocher, which is another really famous Fleischer cartoon. Uh, Betty Boop runs away from home and, with her boyfriend Bimbo. And that's another similar kind of cartoon because in that cartoon, it's basically uh, Betty Boop basically disobeying her parents. Uh, and then they, uh, her and Bimbo stumble upon a place which has weird supernatural things going on. And then they just kind of happen and then like they just get sung at while creepy stuff happens. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of, a lot of horror fiction, uh, as opposed to horror fact, um, is uh is kind of rooted in this idea that somebody breaks uh a uh judeo-christian moral and then gets punished for it in an exaggerated fashion and that is what this cartoon is is uh is bimbo uh attempts to steal a chicken from a chicken coop and there's a, a segment where you see his hand reach through the, through the chicken coop and he grabs somebody else's hand thinking that it's the chicken's neck and he pulls an entire police officer <laughs> through. <laughs> um, well, then he, like, he sees the cop's badge. He looks into it and sees first of him and a chain gang, which, okay, fine. And then he sees an electric chair. And it's like, I don't think you're going to get the death penalty for stealing the chicken, For dude. chicken theft. Yeah. Um yeah, so he uh I I don't remember exactly uh everything that happens here, but he ends up walking away with the chicken. Somehow. Well the chicken won't stop following f- following yeah. him after that. And uh then eventually the chicken like basically nests inside of Bimbo's pants because apparently he is actually wearing pants. It's hard to tell, but he actually is. And uh, in the pants, oh no, in his jacket, and it's in his jacket, eventually, like, well, sometimes the chicken, like, 
tries walking backwards. Well, like right, Banjo Kazooie style. It, it's yeah. total Banjo Kazooie kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, eventually, six chickens come out, like, and then Columbus the baby. So I guess that chicken laid a bunch of chicken eggs, and they quickly hatched. And yeah, they they immediately. Or, or that was a chicken <laughs> live birth. The first ever live birth with a chicken. And so Bimbo is uh, chased into uh, a graveyard. And then and the graveyard when... gate straight up just cl- turns into another part of the wall, and the wall closes off, and now he's stuck in there. Yeah, he's stuck in a haunted graveyard. Um, it is here, all sorts of haunted. And from here, you can't really say the plot, because it's basically it's mostly just... It's mostly song and dance. Um, mostly song and dance of, like, things going after Bimbo... And uh, Bimbo then like gets friggin' like scared off and is told, "No, I'm I'm not going to steal any more chickens or anything." Yeah, like, that. like he he and he insists that he has repented and uh, it is not sufficient for the haunted graveyard who uh, who think that the punishment for his crime is death. And so y- you just see a lot of really cool, like very strange rubber hose cartoon style ghosts everything and starts getting wavery yeah well, like, it's super it, weird it's like a fever dream well like i i uh when i said that they, like oh this looks like cuphead footage of the baby i'm being kind of serious because like it like it is obvious to see where like the majority of the inspiration for that game mm-hmm. come from which is mostly fleischer brother cartoons because you can like, see in, like, the facial animations of some of the ghosts well some of the faces just look straight up lifted from yeah. uh like some of the faces in Cuphead look straight up lifted from like this cartoon, and like uh, it's it's such a like it is like it's weird to see like these kinds of faces on a cartoon this old, you know? Like mm-hmm. it's because it looks weirdly modern in a way. Like did we mention how old this certain... cartoon is? Uh, I'm actually not sure what year it is. Uh, let me just double check that for you. So. As he's getting chased around, a bunch of different stuff is happening. Like, uh, he's getting taunted by trees. The walls eventually start closing in in a really cool scene where it sort of, like, swoops in through the landscape and then boxes it in for a moment. Then he yeah, runs he gets, into he gets a sucked barn. Into a, yeah, he gets sucked into a barn, and then the barn, the barn door disappears. So he's stuck in the barn. Okay, uh, okay, so it's, uh... A 1930s cartoon. Now, instead of, like, going over every little thing going on, uh, what is your favorite moment in this cartoon? Like, what uh, weird, surreal imagery is your favorite? Definitely like, the ending for me. So, well, okay, Casey? So, for for some reason, there's, like, an alligator kind of creature that I really like. like oh, the, the one that has, like, animation. the really long mouth? Yeah, like, it just... Uh, like I think towards the end, um, and it's like it's just got like a really cool, like walk really cycle. Cool. It's hard. It's hard for me to choose one image for this cartoon that I like the most because I like I just like everything in here. Well, basically. even like just a sequence, like a sequence that you like. But you know, uh, for me, I think the one that was really cool was well, probably my favorite because it just was actually the one that was legitimately creepy to me. Uh, which was the the chicken that just sort of appears, and that's that giant chicken that just starts scat singing, and then it's just like slowly and slowly becomes more deformed and bug eyed. That was just, really awesome. 
That's actually genuinely creepy. Yeah, it's it's also it's also really creepy because it's the face of his sin. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. And it's it's uh, and it's evolving in front of him. Like, oh, uh, it's just so good. And then, like, Cirque, uh, you explain the ending because that's the one you like. Oh man. Okay. So as he's getting chased, he eventually gets chased into a cave, and at that point, the cartoon just starts. It just completely turns into imagery of like different stuff popping out the screen over like uh. It's, like, superimposed over, like, I think fog lifting up from the ground and stuff. Like, I think there's a frog that shows up. There's a bunch of different, like, singing heads and stuff. Yeah, like, there's a frog that, like, does, like, a belly drum kind of thing. And then, like, does, like, boo-boo kind of, like, singing. And then all of a sudden you see Bimbo running towards, like, the uh, background. And then a skull appears in front of him and he disappears into it as, like, the mouth closes and then the cartoon just ends. Yep, that's it. <laughs> yeah, Bimbo just dies. He got eaten There's, by a skeleton. It comes yeah, out of nowhere, and it's great. And that's, that's what, that, and that's just one of the other things I like about this cartoon is there is no closure. <laughs> which, un, un, unlike unlike uh, Minnie the Moocher, which basically did have a ending that was kind of like clearly tacked on the end to say, no, 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 he didn't die. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, in this one, there is... Uh, there is no continued life for Bimbo. He just runs well, we don't, I, mean, I guess we don't know what happens. It's it's a very ambiguous ending. But gosh, uh, thanks for letting me show you this cartoon because I just well, I just dude, like thank it you for bringing it to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, pretty much anything Fleischer is good for a Halloween special. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, but this is this one is a more Halloweeny one. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. All right, so uh, now we're going to get on to the suggestions. Um, or not the suggestions. Why did I say suggestions? Our prompt. Uh, for, yeah, our prompt. Yeah. Uh, our prompt for this week was, uh, what is your favorite animated drama? Now, we didn't get a ton of responses for this. We got about two, honestly. But that's fine, because I understand that this is kind of a harder topic to talk about. Uh, because in the West, an animated drama isn't super common. Like, I mean, they exist in, like, films and stuff like that. But, you know, it's it's definitely a genre that's kind of... Even if it is... Even if it does happen, it doesn't usually get as much press as, say, an animated, like, comedy. Which usually is, like, considered the norm with animation here. Mm-hmm. Um, and... But there is actually plenty overseas, especially in Japan. Like... There are whole dramas of animes that are just, you know, but... They got puppet uh, drama over in China. Yeah, and puppet drama, of course. Uh, but, yeah, here's uh, here's a... Uh, so, so let's go ahead and... Ugh, wow, I can't believe I'm, I'm having such a hard time talking right now. Jesus. Um, Take your time. So, our first response was from Sapphire, who who has been a very consistent responder to our prompts so thank you very much we appreciate it very much thank you uh sapphire says waltz with bashir was maybe the most striking haunting and absolutely staggering ending in my in maybe any film i think i have seen this one i've seen i've definitely seen that movie and sapphire i have to agree with that i don't even think i know what it is uh, uh with Bashir is a story about a man re- in like Israel reconnecting with some of his fellow war buddies and talking about the war he's been in. I'm not I can't remember exactly what war that was, but 
he's basically, it's sort of like a, he's not so much reminiscing as in trying to figure out, there's a part of his, like, memory where he doesn't really remember anything, and he's trying to figure out what happened there. Okay. Uh, the Lebanon War, I believe. Okay, yeah. The Lebanese War. Um, it is really, really freaking good. Now, yeah, now that I you saying that out loud like yeah i've totally seen this movie it's uh it's absolutely 100 percent worth watching because it's it's striking and i will say that the ending is pretty damn intense yeah so uh just keep that in mind if you're gonna see it but uh i think it's definitely worth watching um uh we got another response from uh from uh tanuki boyfriend or tanuki uh God, I am so bad. It's from Tanuki. I know this guy. He is a good boy. He's a very, very good boy. Um, we're going to probably say hi at MFF. Hi. Hello. Um, so, Tanuki boyfriend. Wine. 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 It's wine. Wine, wine the Tanuki. Wine the Tanuki. I am so... I feel so bad for being so spacey on his name. I'm sorry. Okay. He says, Feel a day. A very odd German noir murder mystery starring cats. It even has a boy char- a boy George intro song. <laughs> Easy to find on YouTube. Uh, I actually don't know this one. Uh, that's I googled the thing about it and anime. the art looks really great. Uh, let me look that up real fast. But yeah, uh, it's a, a very... That's the thing about animated dramas is that like they are... Uh, they are... You, a lot of them are really good. Not all of them, but there are really good ones. Uh, and, but they always tend to be kind of obscure because of just how people just don't really think of animated movies as anything more than just for kids, which is stupid and dumb and wrong. <laughs> because even like even like in even now like nowadays especially even animated kids shows or movies can be very good for adults too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of a dumb thing. And I think it's more, I think it's a thing that we're getting better at as years go by, uh, especially with people who are grown up with anime, you know, uh, they understand that, you know, you can make an animated drama that works fine, you know? Uh, okay. So I looked up some images of this uh, movie and the first thing I see is uh, a cat's poster. And then the second thing is a severed cat head from that movie. So, <laughs> okay. That might be a spoiler. <laughs> it possibly is. Yeah, but who knows? All I know is that there apparently is some really horrific gore in this movie. Uh, I'll probably check it out sometime. Uh, anyways, we have our own responses to this too. So uh, go ahead. Do you guys have some answers for this? I'm just going to say straight off the bat, I think I thought too small for this one. Like hearing everybody else's answers, I... I mean, no, there's there's no th- there's no small there's answers, no too honestly. small unless unless you're going to say something like uh like uh like Ed Ed and Eddie <laughs> Rick and Morty is my favorite animated drama. Uh, favorite animated drama. Uh, you know, uh, you have to have a right IQ level to understand the the drama that we're show. Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Um, I'm saying this as someone who actually likes Rick and Morty. Okay, I'm, I'm saying this, but... I'm tired. I'm okay What's with your answer? <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with some of those episodes. Um, I was going to say Venture Brothers, actually. Oh, okay. Um, 
haven't I kind of ollied out after the second season, but I liked what they were doing there, like backing up the serious stuff and like having it having like all those like continued questions about the characters' backstories and stuff, like about like uh what's his name Rusty Venture? That's the main guy, right? Yeah. Like, uh, his, like, the whole deal with his insecurity, and if he's actually a bad person or not, and Brock Sampson, and the fact that they were going with an overall theme of what do you do if you are a failure in life? I thought that that was a really interesting topic to get into. I haven't I... ever watched the Venture Brothers, but there have been people in my life who have told me that I have to, <laughs> because it's, it's good. very good. It's good. Like I yeah. said, I haven't caught up with it. I heard that there is a uh, hellaciously long stretch in time between some of the seasons, but... Yeah, like, I think one of like it's still a series that's going to keep on going, and I think they only recently announced that they are going to continue, like, when the next season's going to come out pretty soon. Okay. But... But, yeah, it's a glacial place. Honestly, I haven't seen a lot of Venture Brothers, and the only reason, really, I stopped watching it, because it was, like, years ago, mind you, really long time ago, but uh, there was an episode where there was a joke saying that Rusty was trying to find the cure for homosexuality, and that happened during a time when I was still really insecure with my own sexuality, so I wasn't really happy with that and so, like, now that I'm better, and now that I probably could take that joke a bit better, I might be able to watch it. No, I actually, like, enjoy it. So, but, you know, that's but that's just my baggage, honestly. I'm, I don't know. It, it's, I'll, I'll, I'll probably check it out again, because I hear so many good things about it. I know people who are, like, super obsessed with Venture Brothers. Um, all right, Casey, uh, what do you have? Uh, I was going to say Mary and Max. Have you guys seen this? That is an amazing movie. <laughs> Yeah, so this is a this is a stop motion animated film uh, from uh, probably um, almost a decade ago. Something um, like that. Yeah, and it's a uh, and it's about a little girl who has kind of she lives in kind of an abusive household, and she has a pen pal who is uh, who is an older man living in New York City, I think, with uh, yeah, with Asperger syndrome, and. Uh, and well, it, when you when you say it like that, you make it sound incredibly dry and very like. Oh no, uh, no! So like, I I would describe this as mostly, in fact, a dark comedy. And when I say dark comedy, I don't mean in that it's a, a sh- it doesn't tell shocking jokes. Uh, but yeah. the the humor the humor is uh, is related to the the very. Uh, the heavy themes that are presented by the film um and it is it is a drama you know it, it's a like it, and it and it does discuss uh themes like mental illness abuse uh and uh and i think it handles most of them very well uh asperger syndrome is something that i was diagnosed with when i was a child um and even though what we are given is a cartoon version of someone with Asperger's, it doesn't feel like a caricature of one. I, I um, will say that Mary and Max and films like it and like other kind of certain depictions of uh, uh, people with uh, people on the autism spectrum was one of the reasons why I got my testing for that. Uh, and yeah, I, that's why, yeah, I, I kind of like eventually, uh, 
found out about my own uh asperger's too well and that's so. and that's what happens to the character uh, is he uh is he can't figure out why he struggles in social situations and he discovers the explanation for it and it changes his life and it just has a lot of uh, it has a lot of the narrative that you hear from people in communities uh that kind of focus on uh the autism spectrum like uh for example he talks a lot about how he doesn't feel like he's broken <laughs> you know yeah. like he doesn't he doesn't feel disabled he just feels different uh you know and just like a uh well it's just it's just a very it's a very um empathetic movie yeah uh, I, I i would highly recommend that movie i think it's still up on netflix so. Yeah, and it it is it is visually incredible. Like it, all of the scenes, uh, all of the scenes in New York are monochrome with highlights of color, and all of the scenes in Australia are sepia tone with highlights Wait, of color. Did you say it's on Netflix? It should be. It was <laughs> when I watched it. I don't know if it still is. I can replay with that. Yeah, I think Waltz with Bashir was also on Netflix too. But uh, anyways, uh, I'll get onto mine real fast. Uh, you know, I think most people are expecting me to bring up BoJack Horseman again, because arguably, yes, that is my answer, is that BoJack Horseman is my favorite animated drama right now, but, but, I talked a ton of that last episode, so instead of going on about BoJack Horseman again, I'm going to talk about a movie that not a lot of people have seen, but it's quite honestly one of my favorite anime movies of all time, like top three, hands down, uh... Like, it's uh, Zootopia and Fantastic Mr. Fox, and then this movie. And it's called Persepolis. And Persepolis, you mean? Persepolis? Is it that? Well, no, I think it's Persepolis. Because, like, there's a joke in Bojack Horseman where, uh, uh, where uh, Princess Caroline has a book of that's Persepolis. So... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is great. Uh, but, yeah... Uh, it's uh, what Persepolis is. Is it's a uh, adaptation of a graphic novel uh, by a woman who uh, grew up in Iran and then uh, uh, eventually uh, fled to uh, fled to France after the Iranian Revolution. Ajansa uh, Trapi, I think. Yes, uh, and it is a wonderful movie about uh, a lot of things, but it's like. It's it's a very black and like the this art style is a very simple black and white kind of art style that is just very painter like and just gorgeous. And like first and foremost, this film is about a woman growing up more than anything. It's not like a movie that's about like trying to like give you a bio like a history lesson of the Iranian war and stuff like that. But but it is also a movie that shows the perspective of that kind of upbringing in that kind of environment, and also growing up as an immigrant, uh, a refugee, in another country that is foreign to your own. Um, and uh, Mojon, uh, she is one of the best female protagonists I've seen in a movie ever, uh, and she is a she is just amazing. Uh, and it's a movie that's hilarious at times because, like, she's 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 enamored with Western culture. Um, like, she uh, 
there's a scene where she's uh, walking down a, like a street with like where there's a bunch of people with uh, like trench coats and stuff like that. Because at this point, uh, or even I, it might even still be the case, but like uh, a lot of like Western culture was banned to show up, like you stuff. So people in trench coats were like selling like uh, uh, selling like uh, tapes and stuff of like uh, bands from the West. Uh, I think she goes for one that like went for an ABBA album, I believe. Or no, no, it wasn't ABBA. What was it? I don't know. Uh, it was that or Michael Jackson. She also had like a. She also got stopped by a couple of uh, fundamentalist uh, women because she was she had a thriller jacket on, <laughs> which was pretty great. Um, but it's the reason why I think it's my favorite, like my one of my favorite films of all time, because it was something that taught me a lot about a culture that I did not know and made me empathize with uh, a nation that has been vilified quite heavily uh, by the Western media, especially in the United States. Because when you think of Iran, you think of these uh, horrifying people who hate America, who are like chanting death to America in the streets all the time and uh, leaders that talk about like destroying it. But then you learn about the history of why it got to that point and you understand that a lot of that is not actually like even like necessarily the feelings of the people in Iran. It's due to a a mixture of propaganda and a mixture of just, you can't say anything against the government or you could very well be found dead. (laughs) And uh, it's a very, but it, it it's it shows a lot of empathy towards the Iranian people, and it was also one of the first things I've ever seen to explain very easily why so many of these areas are so destabilized in the Middle East. And it's because of British soldiers, uh, like way back when, like dethroning uh, popular kings and leaders and stuff like that, who hated British the British. Uh, and replacing it with uh, monarchs and dictators who liked the British and would give them oil, you know. Like, that's a concept that, that actually was what, like, the first time I ever really got that explained to me, and was probably the most simple way I've ever seen it explained in a way that's totally, like, it, it, it's a, it was a very eye-opening movie when I first saw it, and it's a movie that I think is genuinely worth seeing nowadays, especially, but in, just in general. It's just a movie that is very timeless in a lot of ways. Uh, and it's very yeah. important to see. It's an important movie. It's a genuinely important movie. I read the uh, the graphic novel that this like animated film is based on. It's pretty good. It's I've, it's I've, a very good like uh, biographical like novel talking about like I think does the film also go into her time when she's out of the country as well? Yeah, there's the book the the, the graphic novels are st- separated into two books. Uh, okay. there's the first one is Persepolis, uh, where it talks about her childhood up till when she left Iran. I'm pretty, this, I'm pretty sure it is pronounced Persepolis, by the way. Is it Persepolis? I'm pretty sure. Then I guess whatever. I guess I'm just no, a dumb like, no, no, no big deal. Yeah, that's no, all good. No, like. no big deal. No big deal. It's like, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, fine. But uh, <laughs> Well, from there till the uh, and then the second book is her growing up like, the rest of her life in France and then going back to Iran and then eventually leaving again. Uh, and the book the the movie covers both books basically. And there's actually a third book that uh, she made after like 
after the uh, uh, Arab Spring that was supposed to be kind of like a follow-up on what's happened since then with her life and just what's going on in the Iranian government at this point. Uh, But unfortunately, it is impossible to find because uh, the uh, Iran basically uh, saw it as like... uh, like hateful propaganda and wow. basically banned it altogether wow. to the point where like people couldn't even host it without getting like in trouble with Iran basically. And so it's impossible. It'll come out eventually. Eventually it'll come out, but it's so unfortunate because I was like, when I heard that there was a third Persepolis, uh, Persepolis, um, when I heard that there was a third Persepolis, I was like so excited to try to find it. And then I learned that it was just completely impossible to find. Like you couldn't even, you can't even like just pirate it. Like it's, literally like just not available anywhere that's a bummer yeah Yeah. i mean the books are so good it's it's really really good um so uh after me mispronouncing uh a very important work in my life uh i guess we're done with this episode uh so uh thank you for listening to toontown public works uh uh Thanks again to History Honies for plugging us. And yes, thank also, you so very much for that. We I really f- appreciate it. I want to thank uh, all our listeners for listening in and everyone who wrote in for our prompt. Uh, our prompt for next time, let's see. Okay, okay, how about this? This was a very general, good, simple prompt. Uh, what is your favorite Halloween episode from a cartoon? Oh, that's really good. Oh, and man. it could be like, you can't, and I'm gonna say this right now. If you say Treehouse of Horror, you gotta give us a specific Treehouse of Horror. You cannot just say Treehouse of Horror and then that's it. <laughs> okay. Um, I've got I've got a few ideas. I'm excited. I have, I have a few ideas myself. Um, I got ideas. Uh, as always, you can check the show notes at ToontownPublicWorks.com if you'd like to watch any of the cartoons that we talked about today. Uh, you can also. F- follow us on twitter uh which is uh at toontown public if you want to send us an email for anything whatsoever uh our email is toontown public works at gmail.com uh that's you, also where you, oh that's also where you can set prompts and everything like that um if you want to go onto itunes or any of the other sites we're on and leave us comments or reviews or something that would be really helpful and we would really appreciate it please feel yep. free to do so as far as I know, we haven't really gotten any rates, uh, ratings, or uh, reviews, or anything like that, and I, I'd really appreciate it. Like, even if you didn't really like it, you can it's totally do that. That's fine. Constructive just... criticism, and that always helps. Yeah. So, uh, also, uh, let's see, what else did I want to say? Uh, oh, thank you for Alex. Thank you to Alex. Thank you oh, for definitely. Alex. Alex, you are so awesome. Thank you. Thank always you. Thank for you. Thank us. you for Alex. Thank Alex, you. our our duct tape on our plastic bag yes. filled with water. <laughs> this is our podcast. Um, <laughs> thank um, Alex for Alex. Yeah, thanks um, Alex for Alex. Yes. Um, and for next time, since it is a special episode, uh, well, <sighs> I have a plan. I'll just say uh, that. What so, plan, HT? All right. This was Toontown Public Works. I'm H.T. the raccoon. I'm Casey the dog. I'm Sir the cat. Why do you have a burlap sack, H.T.? H.T.? Come here, Casey. What? (laughs) This is not good.
<laughs> this is not looking good for Casey the dog. <laughs> Just get in the back. Oh no. I'll, I'll comply. <laughs> See you later, folks. <laughs> <laughs>